A reading from the beginning of the book of Ruth. Once in the time of the judges, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem of Judah departed with his wife and two sons to reside on the plateau of Moab. Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons who married Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malin and Kalian died also, and the woman was left with neither her two sons nor her husband. She then made ready to go back from the plateau of Moab, because word reached her there, that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth stayed with her. Naomi said, See now, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her God. Go back after your sister-in-law. But the Ruth said, Do not ask me to abandon or forsake you, for wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Thus it was that Naomi returned with the Moabite daughter-in-law Ruth, who accompanied her back from the plateau of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Verbum Domini. Praise the Lord, my soul. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. The Lord keeps faith forever secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. The fatherless and the widow he sustains, but the way of the wicked he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise the Lord,
Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matteo. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Verbum Domini. begin reading in the lectionary today from the book of Ruth, and we'll be reading from this, we've heard of it today and tomorrow, and there's only two days in the year that we'll get from the book of Ruth. Um, so it is certainly as important in this inspired book of the Bible. But Ruth was from the Moabite people, a people who had a history of being enemies with Israel. For instance, it had been Balak, the king of Moab, who had tried to curse the Israelites, remember, through Balaam. And he got very frustrated because God would not permit him to curse his chosen people. There's also the Moabites who had attacked and oppressed the Israelites over the course of the period when God sent the judges to deliver his people. And the, the Moabites oppressed the Israelites for many years until God sent them Ehud, one of the judges, to deliver them. So the relations between the Israelites and the Moabites was very rocky. And yet we see in God's providence that he often draws good out of very difficult circumstances or circumstances of great suffering. And we'll see that through the book of Ruth. But the story of Ruth specifically begins with a married couple. We got a little bit about that today in our first reading. A couple from Bethlehem, Elimelech and his wife Naomi, who decided to migrate to the land of Moab because of famine, because of great hardship. Not only was there not enough food, but also financial hardship. So they go there with their two sons. And while they're in this foreign land, Elimelech dies. And his two sons had married two women from, that, from Moab, the land of Moab. And then the two sons died. So now you have the widow, Naomi, and her two daughters-in-law. And Naomi decided, she had heard around this time too, that God had been providing for his people. He had blessed the land of Bethlehem. There's now food. And so she decides to go back. And very unselfishly, she tells her daughters-in-law, I can't provide for you. I'm a poor widow. It's better for you to go back to your families, to your own blood families um, here and to stay in this land while I go back to my land. Uh, and that's where we see again in our reading today um, that one of the daughters-in-law Orpah decides to take her counsel, even though at first she wanted to stay with her mother-in-law, but it is Ruth who firmly decides to stay with Naomi and to return to Bethlehem with her and to embrace the faith of the Israelites, worshiping the one true God. 
And we'll see in tomorrow's reading how in God's providence, Ruth would become an ancestor of the future King David and of the Messianic line. And St. Matthew, that's why he includes Ruth in the genealogy that he gives in his first chapter of his gospel, right? Because she is included. And we see in this, right, God, how the Lord is anticipating the universal call of the gospel to bring all people into the family of God, even foreigners or enemies of God's chosen people. All are called to salvation, right? To repent of their sins, to turn to the one true God. So now I just want to briefly look at Naomi, who is the, the wife, right? The widow, and then her daughter-in-law, Ruth, and just look at some of their virtues that, they, that we see in this very short book of the Bible. So Naomi had left her hometown in Bethlehem, again, during a great time of severe hardship and famine, but she kept her faith even in the midst of an unbelieving people, which would have been a challenge, right? We see that over and over again in Scripture, the danger of the Israelites mixing with those who didn't believe, and oftentimes they disobeyed God. They became unfaithful, and we especially see that in the book of Judges, that cycle, right, where they worship false gods, then God permits great suffering in their lives, and then they repent, and God sends a deliverer, a judge, to deliver them. But in all of this, Naomi keeps her faith. And when she later heard that the famine was over, again, she had this desire to go back to, and again, to the midst of her people, her people who loved and worshiped the one true God. And we see again how unselfish she was in reaching out to her two daughters-in-law and say, it's probably better for you to stay here with your own families. I cannot provide for you. But one thing I think particularly to think about with regard to Naomi is the effect that she had on Ruth. By simply living her faith, something happened in the midst of Ruth where Ruth experienced a conversion. And she wanted to experience the same faith, the same knowledge. She wanted to have the same knowledge of God that, that her mother-in-law had. This is why Ruth would say in today's gospel, wherever you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Right, just that witness that she had experienced living with her, with her mother-in-law. And for us, we can think of just by living our faith authentically, trying to live the gospel generously and to live a virtuous and holy life, this has an effect on other people. The Lord uses us. He desires to use us to draw others and to, con to have that firm conviction of the truth of our faith, of what God has revealed. Remember what our Lord taught on the Mount of Beatitudes, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And this is what we see in, in, today's, gospel, in today's reading, certainly. So that's Naomi, the mother-in-law. By living her faith, the Lord used her to draw Ruth to himself, to worship the one true God. Now, if we look at Ruth, she left her homeland and her friends due to the influence of her, her, the faithfulness of her mother-in-law and this newfound faith in the one true God. And she was so convicted by her desire to know and to love the one true God that she remained firm even when her mother-in-law tried to tell her to stay back. And even at the example, her sister-in-law did stay back and to think that must have had some effect on her. But her firm conviction in this newfound faith I'm moving forward. I am going back to, to the land of the Israelites, to Bethlehem. So Ruth remains steadfast in this. Now today, so we look at the example of, of Naomi and Ruth. We also look today at an example of another uh, virtuous and holy person, 
a great saint in the church, St. Louis IX. He was the king of France, and he is the patron of the Third Order of Franciscans. He was born in 1214, and he was crowned king of France when he was just 12 years old, after his father had died. His mother, however, was entrusted with governing the kingdom until he grew to a suitable age to govern on his own. And his mother, Blanche, was a tremendous influence on him, and she instructed him well in the faith. And this influence is also seen, not only did he become a canonized saint, but his younger sister is also a blessed in the church. Um, so Blanche did a very good job in handing on the, the faith. And again, we can also see that connection with today's reading, just the influence of her life. Not only did she hand on the faith and instruct them, but her own example certainly had a tremendous influence on her children. So Blanche handed on to the faith to her children, handed on that great gift. Louis was also instructed growing up by Franciscan friars, and that inspired him to, insofar, to go as far as becoming a third order, third order member of the Franciscans. And when he was 19, he married a woman named Margaret, and they had 11 children together. Now, at one point, as he was king, he received a great blessing um, to receive the crown of thorns, which our Lord had, had been put on our Lord's head during his passion. Um, and as a result of this great gift, which he had received from Constantinople, um, he built a chapel, Saint-Chapelle, uh, in Paris, which is there to this day. He built that to house this great relic of our Lord's passion. And he himself, and we see this in Franciscan spirituality as well, um, he had a great devotion to the passion of Christ, the suffering of Christ. St. Louis would also found a hospital and would often feed the hungry and the homeless. And he had a firm conviction to, to join the efforts of the Crusades. Right? He saw the, the great suffering that was, that was being inflicted upon the Christians in the Holy Land. So he went on two different occasions and joined the Crusades. And it was on his second attempt when he was on the Crusades that he contracted and died of typhus. But as he was dying, he had this inspiration and he wrote to one of his sons, uh, Philip. And this would be his last uh, testament. And in that, and we have his words to this day, he exhorted his son to put into practice the words that our Lord said in today's gospel. That is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. He also wrote to his son saying, you should permit yourself to be tormented by every kind of martyrdom before you would allow yourself to commit a mortal sin. So Louis was convinced that to commit a, a mortal sin is the worst evil, the greatest evil in the world. And why? Because in committing a mortal sin, we lose the greatest good, which is communion with God himself. And he wanted to instill that into his children, to at all costs avoid committing sin, especially mortal sin. And it's a great reminder as well, right, of just that regularly going to confession, that if we do fall into mortal sin, that we don't want to stay in that state. We want to, as soon as possible, be reconciled to God. And if we are only conscious of venial sin, we're still absolved in confession and we're strengthened to avoid mortal sin in the future. So it's a great gift. But he really wanted to instill this in his children to love God with all their heart, mind, and soul, and to do whatever they could to avoid the occasion of sin. And he loved his wife and children very much, and he prayed with his family on a daily basis. So he was a very good example to his family in instilling in them the faith. And he's a model and witness of leading family in virtue and in the love of God.
So on this memorial of St. Louis IX, we ask for his prayers for us, that we might, like him, continue seeking to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to help assist our loved ones, our family, on the path toward heaven, and to do all that we can to avoid sin, especially mortal sin, and any obstacles that would prevent our growth in the love of God and neighbor.